0: I have high expectations this morning because I want you all to change. So um, you better say goodbye to yourself. I am um, going to be different when you leave here. But before we change, Sharon is going to read a wonderful episode about the life of Jesus. Everybody take a nice breath. Let it out. Relax. Let your shoulders down. Oh, sit back. Listen to the word of God. I'm going to be reading
1: John 9 uh, from the message translation. And um, let the Holy Spirit tell you what it needs to tell you, just in case the sermon is no good. Walking down the street, Jesus saw a man that was blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here. While working while the sun shines, when the night falls, the workday is over. For as long as I am in the world, there is plenty of light. I am the world's light. He said this and then spit into the dust and made a clay paste with the saliva rubbed the paste on the blind man's eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. The man went and washed and saw. Soon the town was buzzing. His relatives and those who year after year had seen him as a blind man begging were saying, why isn't this the man we knew who sat here and begged? Others said, oh, it's him, all right. But others objected. It's not the same man at all. It just looks like him. He said, it's me, the very one. They said, how did your eyes get opened? A man named Jesus made a paste and rubbed it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam and wash. I did what he said. When I washed, I saw... So, where is he? I don't know. They marched the man to the Pharisees. Now, this day that Jesus made the paste and healed his blindness was the Sabbath. The Pharisees grilled him again on how he came to see. He said, Well, he put a clay paste on my eyes and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, Obviously, this man doesn't come from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others countered. Well, how can a bad man do miraculous, God-revealing things like this? And they were split in their ranks. They came back to the blind man. Well, you're the expert. He opened your eyes. What do you say about him? He said, well, he's a prophet. The Jews didn't believe it didn't believe the man was blind to begin with, so they called his parents. They asked them, is this your son, the one that you say was born blind? So how is it that he now sees? His parents said, well, we know he is our son, and we know he was born blind, but we don't know how he came to see. We haven't a clue about who opened his eyes. Why don't you ask him? He's a grown man, and he can speak for himself. Now, his parents were talking this way because um, they were intimidated by the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who took a stand that this was the Messiah would be kicked out of the meeting place. That's why his parents said, ask him. He's a grown man. They called the man back a second time the man who had been born blind, and told him, give God the credit, we know this man is an imposter. He replied, well, I know nothing about that one way or the other, but I know one thing for sure. I was blind, and I now see. They said, well, how did he do this to you? How did he open your eyes? I've told you over and over, and you haven't listened. "'Why do you want to hear it again? "'Are you so eager to become his disciples?' "'Well, they jumped all over him. "'You might be a disciple of that man, "'but we're disciples of Moses. "'We know for sure that God spoke to Moses, "'but we have no idea where this man even comes from.' "'The man replied, "'Well, this is amazing. "'You claim to know nothing about him, "'but the fact is he has opened my eyes.' It is well known that God isn't at the beck and call of sinners, but listens carefully to anyone who lives in reverence and does his will. That someone has opened the eyes of a man born blind has never been heard of, ever. If this man didn't come from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. They said, you're nothing but dirt. How dare you take that tone with us? And they threw him out into the street. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And he went and found him. And he asked him, do you believe in the son of man? The man said, point him out to me, sir, that I can believe in him. And Jesus said, you are looking at him right now. Don't you recognize my voice? Master, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day, making all the distinctions clear, so that those who have never seen will see, and those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind." Some of the Pharisees overheard him and said, does that mean you're calling us blind? Jesus said, if you really were blind, you would be blameless. But since you claim to see everything so clearly, you are accountable for every
0: fault and failure. Wow, how come everybody's so cranky? (laughs) Understanding is a process of attributing meaning to experience. When something happens, we want to make sense of that experience. And in the reading today in John's Gospel, we have several characters who participate in an event and they're trying to understand that event and what that means with this experience with Jesus. And as Sharon was reading, I hope you were also drawn in to the reading so that you too will be thinking about The meaning of this, this experience, and what it's going to mean to you on hearing God's word. But first, we need to talk about the context. Because of his words and and, and deeds, they're going to kill Jesus. Now, our radical Savior made radical claims about Himself. In fact, just before this healing in John chapter eight, uh, with a man born blind, Jesus has taken the divine name Jehovah, Yahweh, taken it to Himself. The Jews said, you are not even 50 years old, and Abraham saw you, but believe me, Jesus said, I am who I am. Now you remember, when Moses asked God at the the burning bush, what's your name? God said, I am who I am. Jesus has taken that divine name to himself. The people picked up stones to kill Jesus for blasphemy, for taking the divine name, and the Bible says he slipped away from the temple. And then John continues about Jesus' journey toward the cross, and Jesus sees this blind man, and here we have an experience, a blind man begging on the side of the road. Jesus and his disciples walk by. Jesus sees an opportunity for ministry, an opportunity for service, but Peter, Andrew, James, and John don't see an opportunity of all. at all. They see an interesting theological question. The problem of the origin of evil or why do bad things happen? They don't see the human being in need. They see an object to be studied, something to be discussed. I don't know, let's have a discussion group, Jesus. We'll meet on Thursday night. Maybe there's a book we can get. We'll read a chapter every week and then we'll ask questions and pretty soon we'll just figure this all out. What a stupid thing to do. What you Is the God you believe in the kind of God who zaps a, a child with blindness because his parents were bad? Or, or does God in his foreknowledge see that this man is going to be bad? So he says, might as well make him blind from birth and zap him ahead of time. You know, it's just meant to be, predestination or something. Come on, you guys. This is real life and something has happened. And yet, they don't see it. You know, we like to insulate ourselves from tragedy. When bad things happen, we like to blame the victim. It makes us feel safe to think the victim deserves what happened. Oh, well, this can never happen to me because he deserved it. But Job told us that bad things happen undeservedly. And I thought he settled it long ago, but that idea is still around. The disciples are asking the wrong question. Not who should we blame, but what can God do? They do not see an opportunity to serve but Jesus is going to serve and then the man comes back from the pool and it says seeing can you imagine that seeing seeing a man who has never seen can now see and and we see the whole place is buzzing but it's not a joyous celebration Oh, the blind man sees hallelujah praise God it's a war no problems they're threatened by change if something has happened then they need to be different. And they don't like that idea. They're afraid of change. And so their minds invent ways to avoid the challenge of understanding this strange new event. No celebration. No, they're so threatened. They say, well, he must have a twin. (laughs) Why, wouldn't you know? A guy who just looks just like him, just happened by, on an occasion, and now here he is. You made that up because you don't like the fact that something happened. Well, what are we going to do? I don't know. Who done it? Maybe it's a mystery. We'll figure out who did it, and that way everything will be fine. No, no, I know. We'll take them to the authorities. Maybe, you know, it's so good that our leaders always tell us how to think. So they're going to tell us how to think, and then we won't have to worry about this bump in the road. Something happened. Uh oh, now there's trouble. You know, I've always thought that Jesus needed a handler, he needs a PR guy. He said, Listen, take charge of Jesus. Say, Listen, Jesus, when you go meet with those guys and they say, before Abraham was, you know, don't say Jehovah, okay, about yourself. Don't say, I am who I am. Don't say I, Yahweh, because they want to kill you then. You know, if Jesus had had a good PR guy, he would have never been crucified. He could have just slipped out of all this stuff. Listen, you're going to see a man who's, who can't walk, and you're going to say, uh, take up thy bed and walk. Leave out the part about your sins are forgiven, okay? Just don't say that, and you won't make trouble. It's Sunday for crying out loud, don't make mud. Wait till Monday to cure this guy, and everything will be fine. Of course, Jesus has to show them that he does have a right to the divine name, that he does have the right to forgive sins, that God works on the Sabbath, and Jesus works on the Sabbath, so what? Get over it. I am who I say I am something extraordinary has happened these blind leaders want to attack Jesus they want to discredit Jesus they want to criticize the event it didn't happen they want to criticize Jesus he's a bad guy and finally they wanna criticize the man who now can see as being no good instead of running through the streets crying the blind can see the blind can see the prophecy is fulfilled hallelujah the Messiah is among us they say Get his parents in here and we'll straighten this whole thing out. (laughs) Why? Why don't they accept it? And then the sad part. He's never seen his mother and father before and here are their faces. And they come before the leaders and they could stand up with him and say, yes, this is our son. And yes, he was born blind. And yes, Jesus Christ has healed him. Praise God, hallelujah, the blind. See, but instead... I refuse to answer on the grounds that it might lead to get me kicked out of church. That is sad. So sad. They have a chance to tell the story differently. And and we tell about the parents and how they supported their son. and, And just some wonderful thing happened, but instead I refuse to answer. Ask him. He's old enough. We sure don't want to get in trouble with the community or the authorities. And so they don't. They play it safe. This could have been the happiest day in the life of this community, but instead, the man who was blind from birth is insulted, assaulted, excommunicated, and thrown out. And then, Jesus heard what had happened and he came looking for him. Jesus came looking for you. You know that, don't you? We used to think we are the 99, you know, but Jesus came looking for you. And he comes looking for those and wanting them to see. And so he comes looking for the man. And he saw the the man born blind as an opportunity to glorify God and an opportunity to serve. The disciples couldn't see the humanity in the disabled man. They wanted to discuss what's going on here. But the work of God is to pay attention. Look around about what God can do. We have a new way of looking for others by paying attention to what's going on with them. Seeing opportunities to serve. Is there someone who used to sit in your section and is not there anymore? Is there someone who now waits in their car? Did you say this morning, how are you? And they usually say, fine. And this time they said, well, okay. And then we can see opportunities to share the love of God. Love for others. Open our eyes to opportunities. Not problems, Opportunity. John Vanderzee at the hospital, one time I missed a call when someone was ill. And I called him and I said, John, I'm sorry. John said, well, Alan, you just missed an opportunity for ministry. How many of those do we miss? People want to tell us where it hurts, but we don't listen. And so we miss their cry for help. There was a woman who went to church, became a Christian, dedicated her life to Jesus Christ, but no one at work believed that she changed. The world has heard it all. Nothing changes. They're numb. They don't expect change. We embrace change. God is at work. People change. We have a room full of people who have changed. You used to be a jerk. (laughs) Now you're a loving Christian. People change, but this her workers, the fellow workers didn't believe she'd changed, so they watched her carefully. Oh, I know she's gonna slip up. I know she's gonna go back to her old ways. I know, I know, I know. But she's a changed person, just like you've been changed. We're not afraid of change. Please, please, don't fall into the trap of silly disputes. Listen. Life is not adversarial. Life is not a court case for crying out loud, so let's quit talking to each other and acting like it's always a, a court case. Life is not fighting about every little thing the blind man sees. You want to argue or give thanks that he can see. The man who was born blind can see. Jesus came alive again when he was a dead, when he's dead. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. These are the facts the facts we proclaim, a way of life that we have. We don't wag our tongues about things. We act differently because we're called to see. The man born blind came home seeing. He comes to see what none of the neighbors can see. He can see better than the religious leaders who claim to see. He sees Jesus in his reality as the Messiah, the promised one. And he worships him. Now, I said I wanted you to change, and here it is. A genius is a person who sees normal things in a different way, in new and different ways. Uh, Dr. Lewis, who is behind Lewis Acids and Bases, we always talk about acids and bases. And Dr. Lewis said, listen, an acid and a base is a proton don- donator or a proton acceptor. That's, it's that simple. He says, wow, this guy's a genius. Isaac Newton said, listen, you want to know about the plants? We've got to invent calculus, a new way to look at things. A genius. You could be a genius too because I want you to see things differently. (laughs) The disciples couldn't see. The neighbors didn't want to see. The leaders refused to see while they claimed to see. But the blind man saw Jesus and worshipped and now he's different. Open your eyes to opportunities for ministry. Now, I know usually about this time, we, I say, come as we stand and sing, we all stand up and sing. But I want you to sit there. I want you to sit there, think about, from now on, being attentive to other people, seeing other people. I want you to think. Change. Expect change. We embrace change. I want you to not get involved in silly arguments. I want you to be faithful to Jesus.